You're listening to the Heart and Soul Podcast with Katherine Banco. I'm on a mission to celebrate breakthrough, empowerment, and shameless living in the lives of women everywhere. Join me and let's live unashamed together. That's Hello. new. That's new. I've never heard that. This like lady just came on and was like recording in progress. But what's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 27 of season three of Heart and Soul. I am joined today by the bad A herself, Jenny Gaither. Jenny is the founder of Movement Foundation, um, which is an internationally recognized 501c3 that helps girls and women build self-worth and confidence through movement. And on top of that, she's also a confidence life coach through uh, Brave Babe, which is a digital coaching community that helps women embody confidence and bravery in their careers, relationship, health, and whatever they're looking for. And on top of all that, she's also a master soul cycle instructor and one of the founding Equinox members, um, instructors as well. So thank you so much. I like, if there was anything else to say, like, we'll get into it now, but you are just like dominating the world. <laughs> thank you so much for joining me. You know, thank you. I, thank you so much for having me. It's, it's just like so fun. I love these conversations so much because I am uh, probably, as you can tell from everything you just said, I just love talking to women, women yeah. wanting to make a difference. So, And when I like seek out guests, like I'm very particular in ensuring that the guest believes what I, like the mission that I'm behind, especially when it comes to fitness, because there's so many different messages that you hear out there. And it's easy to kind of think you believe one thing, but practice it another way. And so I saw, I was telling Jenny this, but I saw an article probably on one of like the millions of published articles that you're in at this point, cause you're just dominating the world. Um, but I read the bio and then I immediately went to your Instagram and your website. And I was like, this chick is killing the game. And she believes so much in shameless living and letting movement be something that we can use to celebrate our bodies instead of something that we use to like punish them or change them or mold them in any other way. So, um, you're the perfect guest for heart and soul. And I'm so thankful that you're here. Uh, thank you so much. And normally I would be like, no, stop. But I'm, I'm trying to be uh, an example for myself and other women to just like accept compliments yeah. when they're good, especially when you like work your butt off to earn everything you have, you know, they like so easy to just like push it away and get uncomfortable, which I'm definitely uncomfortable right now. <laughs> but I'm just like receiving the love. <laughs> well, I, you know, what's so funny is I, you know, my like motto for my business is shameless living. And like, even, even though that's something that I like preach and instill on other women, I think I do that because I struggle with it so much. So even, even receiving compliments or receiving like accolades is like really awkward for me. And it makes me feel so uncomfortable. Like even when my husband compliments me, I'm like, okay, babe, like, no, you're good. Um, but I think it is really important for us as women to like, stop putting ourselves like back in a corner or shadowing ourselves and really be proud of the gifts that we've been giving and how we're using them, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I think not, acknowledging what we've done 
contributes to the spiral of feeling worthless and not enough um, because to seek validation and <clears throat> acceptance from other people will always make us feel not enough. So I, I feel like I get that question a lot of like, how do I validate myself? And, and like little baby steps, like we're talking about right now, is just being in the discomfort of like owning who you are and all the good and, and the challenging stuff. But um, especially when it comes to compliments, I think that's like a really good area for women to like explore practicing receiving <laughs> and, yeah. and receiving, you know, like feeling it and feeling proud of it. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Okay. Well, I just told our listeners a little bit about what you do, but would you mind um, just kind of sharing your story and how you got to this place of wanting to em- empower women with bravery and confidence? Like, was there something in your story that kind of led you to needing to do this for other women? And if so, what was that? It's a great question. I could talk for days. So <laughs> well, we got like 45 minutes. So you got Catherine. <laughs> um, so I'm going to try to, you know, sound bites and just get to the, the meat of my point. But at the age of seven, I fell in love with dancing and I was terrible every sport uh, outside of dance. Um, and it was just my outlet to really feel free and feel creative and, and learn about myself and to build community. And it was just, it was like the love of my life. I was like, oh my gosh, I, I like found my thing, you know, and I found my people, but I was a dance competition kid and you're put on a stage in teeny tiny little shorts and little bras and everything's rhinestone and you're not only judged on your talent, but you're also judged on what you look like. And there's actually like a beauty, like contestant part to a lot of the dance competitions that are out there. So that on top of just the normal societal pressures on women to base our value on what we look like, I was just compounded with so much shame and hate, self-hate over time that I, my body wasn't skinny enough. I just wasn't pretty enough to be successful or find love and, and yada, yada, yada. But I, I knew that I could find the confidence that I had when I was younger, when dance was just about dancing, but over time it became about looking and looking a certain way and having to um, show up a certain way instead of being authentic. Mm. And so I battled an eating disorder. I had so much self-hate and shame. I had suicidal thoughts. I was really, really depressed in college. I moved to New York City to pursue this career in dance after I graduated college. And I was at the lowest of the low that I've ever been in. And I just, I woke up one day, I was actually talking to one of my coaches today and she was like, what, what was that like moment that things like turned for you? 
And I just woke up and I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Like I just can't operate hating myself anymore. I just won't do it. <laughs> just can't. I'm so, I'm so done. I'm so tired. I'm so exhausted. Yeah. There just has to be another way. And long story short, I found soul cycle within that same time period. And I became a soul cycle instructor and so much of what I knew I had in myself, I saw in the other instructors and it was just this light and power and strength and confidence. And to see a woman leave the room, I was like, wow, I found direction again. I found purpose again. I want to be an instructor so that I can embody those things again. And it'll just be my part-time job while I figure out what I really want to do with my life. 11 years later, here we are. (laughs) But it really worked. And I, I think that my initial thought was, you know, it's really scary when you're like, okay, I know where I want to get to, but like, how, how do I get there? And then that staircase that you're looking at of and the end goal is just so daunting. Right. And you're just looking at the top, like, I don't even know how to approach this. Um, but what I started with was just looking at my deep insecurities and the, the darker parts of myself that I just pushed away and, and quote hid, even though you can't really You can avoid things as much as you want, but it's always going to surface. I always like the visual of like a big beach ball. You're just shoving it underwater, but at some point it's going to pop up. Right. Um, so through coaching on a bike while dancing on a bike, I was able to really heal myself, myself, my relationship with self, my like self-respect, my self-love, my relationship, my body. And I was able to make an impact with the the people that were in my room because this was like in 2012, right? So we're in this very different age of time of life where we talk very openly about body neutrality and um, even female empowerment. This was like, you know, the only thing that was happening at this time period was Dove did their beauty campaign. And that was like revolutionary that like shook people. Right. And that was, that was like literally the big ripple that hit the water that then was like an avalanche on everything else, but it took time. And, and at this point it was just, you know, really scary to be so open and vulnerable that I had an eating disorder and I was on the podium and that, I hated my body and I would wear a sweatshirt (laughs) every class and it, you know, typical in your brain instructor is chiseled, confident, shiny. Like they just glow. They're like godly. Right. I didn't feel that way. I didn't think it was such imposter syndrome. I didn't think I belonged on the podium, but like something deeper inside of me wanted to find the part of myself that could believe that regardless of what I looked like. Um, so yeah, it it was just a lot of self self healing through teaching at soul cycle that then made me realize every woman and man and and human deals with insecurities and self doubt and shame. And I wanted to do something about it. So really addressing my own, um, body image issues and insecurities was the catalyst for helping other people. 
it led me to starting my nonprofit movement foundation, which was really rooted at the beginning in helping young girls, um, especially in underserved communities, build self-worth and confidence through fitness and sports because community that is focused around something super positive um, with the right mentor and, and guide can really help these kids build a really positive sense of self at a much younger age because I was like, I feel like all these adults are trying to unpack and undo and relearn how to think about themselves. So I, you and know, you have, sorry, you have like a very personal experience with that, with your body insecurity starting at the age of seven. Right. You know, I think that often we assume that these insecurities don't come up until at least puberty or um, we experience more like media pressure, but something so simple as feeling like you were judged by your body and performance can trigger something in your mind. And before you even realize it, what starts off as something that's joyful can become something that tells you lies and makes you believe something that's not true about yourself. So for you to like really get in the thick of it, with young women, I think that's so key because it, you get there before it's too late or before they feel too far gone, you know? Yep. Yeah, and I think it's also focusing on parents. There's so much of my work in therapy is really undoing a lot of what my parents projected on me, you know, not, knowingly not on purpose but I think that we all care we all carry our our stuff everywhere we go and kids especially um they listen but they really are watching more than anything yeah so if you're uncomfortable in your body that's going to make them question their body and should should they be comfortable with their body or not you know it's so it's sort of like t tackling both adults and kids um has been really my passion. So th through Movement Foundation, do you, I'm assuming you don't because of time, but do you lead all these um, community events or do you kind of have coaches out in the field leading these for you? So we started with this um, curriculum that we built that I was just talking about um, that was movement and conversation around nutrition and wellness and all these different things. And we would hire what we call our, your local Beyonce. Like we would go to local dance studios or um, fitness studios and find these people that embodied our mission that kids would look up to and be like, oh my God, that is my Beyonce in my community. And she's my teacher and I get to talk to her. So yeah, we would definitely hire out um, our mentors for each school. And then we started offering athletic scholarships. Um, it was just easier to um, allow the girls to use the funds in the ways that they needed to. So whether it was like equipment or if you were on a traveling sports team, that's really expensive. Um, private coaching, things like that. And then when COVID happened, um, you know, our biggest charity fitness fund charity fitness fundraiser, say that 10 times fast. <laughs> for sure. um, it's, it's called We Dare to Bear. And then we would take over public spaces like Union Square Park and host a huge fitness festival. And that was how we raised money to 
uh, create our impact. But when you are not allowed to host events, especially right now, um, and sort in of New York city, because that's like where the thick of it was happening too in New York. Totally. totally. Um, you know, we had to pivot and it, it was just really amazing to watch the fitness community, especially lean on each other. And, you know, we, we were funding girls mostly for five years, almost six years. And it wasn't until COVID that we were like, wow, our instructors, like our fitness um, professionals and also studio owners need our help. So we started offering COVID-19 relief grants to BIPOC women that um, are fitness professionals and business owners, as well as um, as well as all of our other like scholarships. So we, we aren't currently doing events um, at the moment, but all the partners that we use for our events have stuck by us. So it's just incredible that we're working with, you know, Athleta, these amazing big brands, um, Champ Sports to still make the impact um, just in a different way. Like everyone just shifted together and continue to support each other. And I just, I love that the, the fitness community has like become this support system because it was not always like that. <laughs> um, it wasn't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm sure like, even like you even mentioned 2012, that's, if you think about it, that's not long at all. Mm -hmm. And it really was fitness was still about lose weight, punch the numbers, get on the scale, burn calories, um, before and after photos. And here you are instructing women and men to probably shift out of that while you're still in a space of like, what, of healing, I mean, of recovering essentially. What was that like while you were, cause I did the same thing. Like I started soul when I was healing from my eating disorder because it helped me heal. And I realized that that's not for everybody. Like some people, if they're addicted to fitness and that's their way of restricting or hurting their bodies and like giving it up for a season is healthy. But for me, it was like a way to pivot my mindset around fitness and have accountability in that. So like me coaching other women didn't, it, it didn't let me go backwards. Like it, it, it empowered me and made me step up as a leader to like really practice what I'm trying to preach. So what was that like for you while in 2012, you're realizing these insecurities about yourself and you know, like you're ready to heal, but you're still like closing yourself in with sweatshirts and like <laughs> comparing yourself to other instructors. What was that like? You know what? It was so crazy because I think everyone can relate to the feeling of just feeling like you're on your own planet. You're isolated. No one understands what you're going through. And it was very much that I just felt like I was in my own bubble in my own world. And then once I like, once the words literally came out of my mouth of what I was going through and how I was feeling and how 
I've heard so many women say things about their bodies, but it's like this big, dark secret that no one wants to talk about. It's like the elephants in the room. Let's talk about that elephant. <laughs> Hello? Yeah. Um, but once the word came out of my mouth, like it was crazy how much support came just flooding in. Like women just flooded in to champion the message because they related to it so much, which made me feel it popped the bubble, right? It popped this island that I thought I was living on. And I think that's the scariest part about your shadow. Like, I think we all have shadows, things that we just keep in the dark, push away, avoid, reject. And when you have people that understand you, that been through it, obviously differently, it changes the game. It makes it way less scary. It, you know, it is that saying of like, we are stronger together because that's actually true. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I've always been incredibly independent and I was like, I do life alone, but <laughs> <laughs> that only gets you so far. <laughs> um, and the last thing I'll say is the two, uh, the women that won the biggest loser and the NBC's biggest loser show that season were in my class in the front row. When I said, I need help. I want to do this challenge at the end of the summer. I want to wear a sports bra. This is when I was wearing sweatshirts. My goal is to wear a sports bra, to get through a whole class in a sports bra on the podium. And I was like, I can't do it alone. I I won't be able to do it. And I need you all to hold me accountable. Will you do it with me? So they came up to me after class and they were like, we just lost a hundred pounds each. And everyone glamorizes weight loss, but it's not glamorous. We have saggy skin. We have stretch marks. We have um, no sense of identity at this point. And we're just, we don't know what's next. Like, what do we do now? There's no like aftermath of like how you actually really embody this self-love and self-respect because the weight loss was never about that. It wasn't about love. It was about weight loss. (laughs) Yeah. Is detached from the most important thing, which is why people don't keep off weight when they try to lose weight. So they were like, we have, I mean, they didn't say this, but I looked them up. Um, they have hundreds of thousands of followers and they were like, we want to make this a, when Facebook was like the thing, they were, we want to make this a Facebook event and we want to invite women all over the world to do this with us. <laughs> and I was like, uh, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> it's like putting your biggest insecurity on blast. I yeah. was like, um, okay, yeah, sure. Yep, let's do it. Like, I'm not going to say no. And so after that, I just felt, I felt invincible in a lot of ways. I just tapped into this like source in myself that I just, I intuitively knew was there and it was calling me. And it was like, once I got on the bike, I like tapped into it. It's wild. There, first of all, that's insane. There are so many things I want to unpack from that story. (laughs) (laughs) The first is I didn't realize that when you opened up about your own shame and insecurities, it was in front of an entire class. Like that to me is so scary, but so brave. And I'm just in awe of that. Like that is, oh, that is so cool. And also on top of that, it goes to show and you, 
you mentioned this, that when you say something out loud, that lie or that thing that has been like burying you or putting you in your shadow, it has no room to like live anymore because it's like out there in the open. So, and that accountability factor of realizing like you're not alone in anything in life, you know, if, whether it's body shame or relationships or finances or whatnot, if you speak out your struggle and you're going to find that people are going to say, Oh, same, you know, <laughs> like I deal with that too. And just knowing that you're not alone is like what shameless living is all about. You know, like you were unashamed in front of a whole entire class saying, this is what I'm dealing with. This is where I want to be. And can you help me get there? So you're not only like sharing your struggle, but you're asking for accountability. And that's like so brave. So I love, I just love that so much. And I, when, when I was reading about you online, what I loved most about this brave babe. And, um, I, I love that you use the words confidence and bravery because that bravery aspect is often what people don't tap into the saying and out loud, the admitting your weakness, that's the brave part. And until you do that, you're not going to experience the confidence, Mm -hmm. you know, because like you said, you could lose weight for weight loss sake, but then you're not, you're still not content. So there's something deeper to why you're not confident and you're not content and it has nothing to do with the size of your jeans. You know, (laughs) it has everything to do with like true whole body confidence. And that starts with the brave step of saying, I'm not okay. You know? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think people, it's very common. I do this too. It's like, once I hit 150 K with my business, I'll be happy. Once I make a million dollars, I'll be happy. Once I'm married or find the right person, I'll be happy. Once I fit in the size four jeans, I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. We get these um, milestones in our head of what we want, but we never ask why. And it's always deeply connected, always, literally always 100% to a feeling that we want. Mm. And let's say we're talking about weight loss. So many people think that losing weight is going to make them like themselves more. But let me tell you what, when you look at a scale that says 10 pounds lighter, if you haven't changed how you thought about yourself, you're still going to think the same way. You're still going to hate your body. Yeah. And you might like smile with excitement that the scale says a certain amount of weight, but at the end of the day, your relationship with yourself is still the same. And so if you want to feel in love with your body, if you want to feel self-respect, what do you have to think now to achieve that? And once you start thinking that now, then as you start moving your body, eating healthier, all these things that come from loving thoughts, weight, weight might drop off. Yeah. You know, and and that is a, that's a byproduct of taking care of yourself. If that is something that, you know, if weight loss is something that you're focusing on, but, um, yeah, it's, it's just really interesting because I, I, I do it all the time too. And I have to like check myself. It's like, why do I have to wait until I buy a house to be there to be happy? Why can't I just 
feeling now? <laughs> yeah, like why, why not now? Mm-hmm. I just had a revelation while you were talking. I've never pieced this together, but when I was at my, when I was in like the thick of my eating disorder, I was the thinnest I've ever been. You know, ideally I had gotten beyond past lower than the weight than I, that I expected to be. And still during that season, one, I was the most unhappy I've ever been. And, and two, when I think about even how I presented myself, I like, I'll just use exercises as an example. Like I would wear baggy t-shirts and sweatshirts and I'm the thinnest I've ever been, but I'm still not confident in who I am not content with who I am that I covered myself up. And now here I am seven years later and I've gained all the weight back and even more than I had, you know, prior to losing the weight and I'll work out in a sports bra with, you know, skin bending or whatnot and bend over and pictures and what I don't care anymore, you know, because my, my confidence doesn't come from what my body looks like anymore. It comes from my capabilities and my, uh, my strength and all that. So I just think I just had that revelation. Like I never wore, I never worked out in like a cute workout outfit when I was the thinnest I'd ever been. And now I'm like, yes, rack them in, (laughs) like add to cart. (laughs) You lost the weight, but you were still carrying the shame around your body. And that's, that's like true for so many people. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's so good. It's like therapy day. Um, <laughs> can you speak a little bit more about Brave Babe before we wrap up? Because I think that that's so cool. And I like have this five-year goal of stepping into like coaching women, like one-on-one with body, um, like through body insecurities and shameless living. So when I saw that, I was like, oh my God, she's doing it. <laughs> yes. I'm an expander for you, which is yes. what it, someone who is living what you want. And then yeah. you see that I do it, you can do it. So, um, yeah, that's an awesome goal. And you would be so good at it just from this conversation. Oh, um, yeah. So I started Brief Babe two years ago now, and it was at a time where, you know, I was, teaching at SoulCycle for nine something years. I was running my nonprofit for five something years. And I was just at this, this crossroads of how do I continue to grow, but how do I continue, more importantly, how do I continue to master my life's purpose? Mm. And, and if you look at like the thread of our lives and all the little stepping stones that like get us to where we are. It's just wild how it's all meant to be and leads up to this moment. And I'm just like, wow, I'm, I really want to coach. And I think everything that I've done has literally led me to be in the perfect position to do this now. And I moved back to New York to figure out what I wanted to do next. And so funny, like, I, a friend of mine, Jess Glazier, who's a business coach, I don't know if you've heard of her, but um, you know, she used to come to my events when I used to live in New York, like way back when, and, and um, was super supportive of my organization, but we've never hung out. We've never had coffee. We get coffee literally like maybe week two that I'm in New York. 
and she's like talking to me about up, updates life. And then she's like, yeah, I'm a business coach. And I'm like, no way. So essentially like that day forward, I became a coach. I worked with her. I got certified, all these things. So Brave Babe is like the essence of everything that I love, which is a, a collective, a community of women digitally that open up and share vulnerably about all the thoughts that inhibit them from moving forward, all the thoughts that do not serve them in order to do the proper thought work to create abundance and feelings that move you forward. So Brave Babe is a digital coaching program. I, I do both group and one-on-one -on -one coaching and I help women, as you said, embody bravery and confidence in their health relationship and relationships and careers. But similar to what I was saying earlier, like my method and the way I work is listen, if you're feeling like crap, like feeling like absolute crap about yourself, do you think you're going to go for a 10 mile run? Mm. No. Why are you feeling like crap? What are you thinking? It always goes back to what we're thinking. Yeah. And so, um, it's just really, really powerful, amazing work because I get to work with women from the ages of like 18 to women in their sixties and I'm 33, you know? <laughs> so I get this like very wide range and, um, and everyone just supports each other and can relate. It's like community feeling can relate to someone, someone's story, what they're going through, and then also empower each other through the accountability piece. Cause I always go back to what you were talking about earlier of like, what moved the needle for me? And it really was the accountability of the community. And I, I think that's just a game changer. Um, so that's like such a big part of what Brave Babe is, is, um, is the people and sharing, sharing the hard stuff, but also being able to gain the right tools and insight and self-awareness to be able to make a change. Because we tell, we say our thoughts as if they're facts. And their thoughts are not real, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Make them up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like a fact is I'm sitting in a chair. My thought is my hair looks horrendous today. It's like so greasy, you know? But I could say that as if like I have bad hair. People, mm. right? Someone can say I have bad hair. I'm fat. Mm. As if it's a fact. That's not a fact. It's just your thought. So if you create this story that you hate your, yourself, or you hate your body, you can also create a story that you love your body and you love yourself. So I've watched a lot of crazy transformations physically, mentally, emotionally, in careers, relationships, like the whole, the whole thing. Um, and obviously I'm very passionate about it. <laughs> yeah. And to use your story to empower others is what it's all about, you know? Yeah. And I think it's probably so rewarding for you, not just like financially to grow your business this way, but to see women's lives transformed and for them to have that, like, ah, uh, as Oprah says, aha moment of, wow, I get it now. Like this isn't true about me. And this is. 
-hmm. that's the most rewarding thing. So I love that you do that. I think it's amazing. Um, I I really just love everything that you're doing and I can't wait to continue following your journey. Um, but I have four questions that I ask every single guest before I wrap up and I'm going to ask you those, um, right now. So (laughs) what is something that you're currently obsessed with? It could be, um, a brand, it could be a food, it could be a TV show or a book. What's something you're obsessing over right now? Acai bowls. I, I say it wrong. No, I think right. Acai. 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 <laughs> Listen, I don't, however you say it, they're delicious. Yeah, they're insane. We live in a, I live in a beach town and acai bowls kind of broke the scene here a little earlier than they did um, before the rest of the world. And I felt like I had this hidden secret Mm-hmm. Um, and my friends came to visit me like years ago from Texas where I'm from. And I introduced them to acai bowls and they're like, what? <laughs> game changing. It's game changer. Um, awesome. Okay. What is something that you're looking forward to in 2021? 2021. I've worked really hard on healing my relationship with my family. I, uh, she goes so deep at the end of the podcast. No, I'm going to keep this short. I cut my family out of my life for like six years. And so I haven't seen them in that amount of time, except for my mom, maybe once and at a funeral. Um, but I cut them out because I, it was just so toxic. And I also needed to find myself outside of them. So long story short, I've been working in therapy. I've been doing all kinds of healing, Reiki, meditation, um, movement to heal my relationship with them and myself and I'm going to be going home to see them and I'm so excited <laughs> oh, that's incredible I know I'm so scared, any- scared. <laughs> sorry I said fuck anything <laughs> anything scary is worth it when was the last time you've been home uh eight years wow Maybe. That's amazing. I'm really excited for you for that too. That's so cool. Yeah. That's amazing. What is something that you love about yourself? I love my laugh. (laughs) There it is. (laughs) I laugh and people are like, oh, Jenny's in the building. (laughs) It is very unique and I own it. Yeah. You just got to laugh more, you know? My husband's laugh is so aggressive. I can hear it from like the other side of town and, <laughs> and it could be something that really like annoys or stresses someone out. But for me, I'm like, that's why I love you. <laughs> it's so aggressive. You really love it. Yeah. Um, okay. Last question is if you could leave women with one little piece of truth today, one little nugget of wisdom to land on, what would that be? Hmm. committing and committing and staying dedicated to your self work whether it's nutrition or sleeping better drinking water however you're dedicating your life to your own body and self is the best investment that you'll ever make. And 
I know we hear that a lot, but I think it's very easy in a fast world um, where we expect instant gratification and instant applause and instant results. It's really easy to get discouraged when you don't see the results right away. I'm gonna remind you guys that I wore sweatshirts when I first started teaching 11 years ago and I never wear a shirt now when I teach class. Mm -hmm. I'm in a sports bra every time. So that took 11 years, <laughs> literally, literally. Um, my relationship with my family is another great example. You know, it's been six years. Things, good things, like the work that it takes to really heal and, and get exponential change within yourself to see the results outside of yourself takes time and diligence and, and just nourishing, nourishment, nourishment, but yeah. it's worth it. And like, even if you don't see it happening right now in this moment, it's happening as long as you're moving, as long as you're working, it's working. So never get discouraged, call me. <laughs> and call me. <laughs> um, yeah, the wait is worth it. And the hard work through the mud, as hard as it is, when you look back, it, it makes it so much more worth it when you get there. So thanks oh for doing the hard work on behalf of women everywhere and sharing your story. I am so beyond inspired. And I know that our listeners will be too. I'm going to link where you can find Jenny on Instagram and her website and brave babe and all of that she's doing in the show notes. Um, but thank you so much for joining us. This is awesome. You're yeah. amazing. <laughs> so are you. Um, all right, listeners, I will talk to you next week. Bye. Whoa.